my major message that I like to share with people is that actually your brain is an organ. It's made of 60% fat. It needs the right nutrition and hydration like absolutely anything else does in your body. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Dan Murray. Jo can't work out how Dan and she connected, but she's very glad they did. Dan is a serial entrepreneur, currently the founder of Heights, a holistic brand for brain health. He's also the host of the Secret Leaders podcast, which features founders of Shazam, Just Eat, Moonpig, Uber, Mumsnet, Slack and more. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Dan Murray of YourHeights.com. Welcome Dan, great to have you with me. Thank you very much, glad to be here. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do and where you do it. Okay. Um, Well, when I said I'm glad to be here, I'll start there. I'm in Soho in London. Um, So (laughs) technically very glad to be literally here. Um, And I would describe myself as an animal lover. Um, I've got two fluffy, adorable cats that I'm rather obsessed with. So that's my first description of of who I am. And then I guess after that, I would say an entrepreneur um, and just a creative person who enjoys connecting with people and building meaningful connections. Lovely. We do like to get uh, fellow animal lovers on here. uh, I think I've said on the podcast recently that we're we're fostering a cat and we already have a cat and they don't get on. Fortunately, Uh, we have a three-story house, so they're in different places of the house, but it has been quite entertaining seeing them behaving with each other and not behaving <laughs> with each other. I, mean, I can totally imagine. <laughs> and then we we, uh, we dog sit for a little uh, teacup Yorkie on a regular basis and she's very spoiled and doesn't like being um, ignored. So when she gets into the mix as well, we have to be really careful about who we give attention to and in what order. Otherwise, oh, it all goes wrong. wrong. But uh, yes, cats, uh, cats being my favourite, probably. <laughs> so you're in Soho. Do you work from home? Do you work from an office? No, no, I work from um, an office. I've got an office in Soho. Um, and uh, I've got me, my business partner, um, a chief science officer that um, does one day a week with us and then an intern. So that's our, our team at the moment. Lovely. So more about why you do what you do where it's come from and yeah. what really gets you up every morning to do what you do 
Um, so I've been an entrepreneur for um, quite a few years now, I think about eight years. Um, and this is my third business. And my previous business was, an, uh, was a mobile shopping app called Gravel, which became one of the top shopping apps in Europe. Um, at our peak, we had uh, over a million monthly active users uh, shopping on the app. And we had you know, a very exciting and interesting and fun journey whilst it lasted. You know, we had uh, millions of pounds of investment and we won lots of awards and got lots of interesting accolades. I got to meet the queen, all sorts of crazy, awesome things. But um, during this experience of sort of high intensity, um, there was um, there were quite a few issues. The business ended up not working out because we had uh, issues with our, our business margin, essentially, which is a very important lesson. Um, and uh, we were innovating in a new space, but unfortunately, the business model didn't really support it. That's kind of how it is quite often with businesses where you're raising lots of money to try and fulfill a vision. Um, so that was a really exciting journey, and I learned a lot. Um, and you know, I had a lovely big team in Shoreditch, and everything was going great. But um, after that, I um, I was spending time sort of ruminating on uh, on what might be next, etc. And actually, I was very happy. I had uh, I I was getting married in the summer. Um, like I mentioned, I've got my two cats. Makes me very happy. Um, really good friends, deep social connections with great people that I can count on, um, an amazing relationship with my mum, sort of all the things. And you know, I practice gratitude and I really deeply believe in and mean that I was deeply happy and grateful. And despite all of that, I suddenly developed insomnia. And um, you know, for the first month or so, I, you know, I thought that actually it was maybe a blessing in disguise that potentially I don't need to sleep that much. And that means I get to be much more productive in sort of a creative framework. And after a while, I realized that actually, no, this is insomnia. This is actually, you know, a mental health problem. It's an issue. Um, and what was happening was I was going to sleep at midnight and waking up at 2 a.m., like completely wide awake for five months. Um, wow. So... It was really exhausting and it was really difficult because I was happy. If you ask me how I was, I'd say I was happy. I was in a good moment of my life and that's kind of the thing that made it even more confusing because mm. um, I've had mental health issues in the past caused by other people, right? So a crazy boss or business not working out or, you know, arguments with an ex-girlfriend, like, you know, the standard things that happen in life that you believe if you're going to change your circumstances, you'll change the outcome of your, of your feelings. And that has always been the case. But when it was a scenario of, you know, being happy and getting that, it was a real wake up call. So yeah. someone bought me this book um, called Optimum Nutrition for the Mind and I devoured it and I, Long story short, I changed up my diet. I started eating with a brain-first approach, so essentially putting my brain as a priority in terms of how I ate, and I took the supplements that were recommended in there, and I, within two weeks, was sleeping until 5 a.m., and then within four weeks, I was sleeping until 7 a.m., and I was really quite blown away by the impact that this, like, simple changes in my diet had actually had. Um, mm when nothing else was working. And by this point, I was pretty much resigned to the idea that I would just not have a proper night's sleep ever again. So yeah. 
I was just amazed because no one had ever talked to me about, you know, eating for my brain. I'd always heard about eating for, you know, aesthetics or whatever it might be, performance, but, you know, not this. So um, that left me completely confounded. Um, I was amazed and I decided that I would start writing a newsletter, um, which you know, people can get on Sundays, which talks about it for free, and people can, uh, I basically, people can learn a little bit more about their brain each week, actionable tips for their brain, and a brain food recipe, so something that they can cook that week, um, all about how to have better brain health, and what I was doing was I was researching the uh, science journals, which are very boring, um, but I was very interested in the science behind how everything was working, and I guess it started off like realizing there's a bit of a gap in the fact that you know there's all this excellent science everywhere and a lot of ep- evidence and efficacy, but no one really reads science. Most people are kind of interested in just listening to a guru's point of view. Mm. And I figured it would be quite a nice idea to turn the science into something that was a lot more um, snackable and interesting. And so I started this newsletter, uh, which is aimed at obviously helping people reach their heights. Um, Everything in the newsletter is something that's freely available, something that you can buy in a shop or do um, from psychology, neuroscience, or nutrition every week for brain performance and long-term brain health. So that's been sort of the start of of my journey on how I got to where I'm at at the moment. Did you ever sort of work out what had caused the insomnia in the first place? I mean, had you changed the way that you were eating and that was the issue, or was it, yeah, it just great, happened and then the nutrition helped it? It's a great question. Um, I, was, I was suffering from anxiety, which wasn't, um, uh, you know, new to me, as in that when you're an entrepreneur, you always suffer from anxiety, frankly, so I yeah. just never really worried about it too much. But um, I, was, I was doing a completely plant-based diet at the time, um, mm. and... I wasn't supplementing properly, and that is a huge part of it, which is that um, if you're going to do a completely plant-based diet, you are gonna remove things like eggs and fish from your diet, and that's really bad for you if you don't supplement on the basis of um, you need things like B vitamins and omega-3 for your brain. I mean, your brain is basically made mostly out of DHA, which is the compound found in really good quality sources of omega-3, and uh, you can get that plant-based. I just didn't really know. So this is the thing. Like I wasn't educated necessarily on how changing my diet like that would impact my brain. Because my body felt great, um, mm. and so it was a really interesting learning. But yeah, basically, I changed my diet to become pescatarian. I still don't eat meat, but I now supplement very heavily with um, with vitamin. Um, well, essentially with uh, DHA enriched omega three, which comes from algae. Um, and B vitamins, and I have blueberries or blueberry extract every day, lots of extra virgin olive oil. Um, I was even taking capsules of olive oil at the time, just genuinely can't get enough. Um, But, uh, you know, they are highly calorific, so I had the flip side, and I was like, I'm working out all the time, seems to be putting on weight, and I was like, oh yeah, it might be all that bloody olive oil I'm drinking. Um, Anyway, um, yes, in answer to your question, Absolutely, it was the fact that I wasn't um, I wasn't eating really fish and eggs is the answer. I still I still don't believe that it's necessary to eat meat. That's my personal point of view, and I um, and that comes from having been a carnivore for thirty one years as well. Um, mm. 
So I don't preach any diets to people, um, but what I do say is that it makes whatever diet you choose to have, there's no excusing any reason why you shouldn't put your brain first and why you can't prioritize your brain in a daily routine of what you eat, no matter what diet you focus on. Mm-hmm. And so now you're sharing that information still on Sundays? Yeah, so every Sunday I send this newsletter, um, and, and the idea is really to, um, to talk to people about how to put their brain first. Um, and then from a product point of view, we've been in the lab for the last year, um, essentially creating our first product, which is a multivitamin for the brain. So the idea here was to create um, essentially the highest quality product we could in this, in this space and sell it directly online so we don't need to um work with uh retailers who take a big margin we'd rather give the quality back to the customer so um i basically spent some time because obviously i'm an entrepreneur not a scientist so i was like the most important thing here and understanding like obviously i do have a huge respect for scientists i needed to find the right person and i did in in the form of our chief science officer so she is um uh, a neuroscientist of course but she has a PhD in neurological pharmacology which is essentially brain nutrition and brain micronutrients so yeah. she's the perfect person to help us formulate and she's been an absolute amazing source of inspiration so she's you know the person that's actually put together the product itself in terms of what goes into it our responsibility, I guess, as entrepreneurs was, you know, to find the right people to source the ingredients to make sure they're put together. It's basically glorified project managing is how I would probably describe a lot of entrepreneurship. But, mm. you know, the real brilliant smarts come from her. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. So um, so I'm, I've just been looking at your, your um, website um, as you've been talking, and uh, I'm just even impressed with the fact you've got a purple um, picture of food on the front. <laughs> It looks really healthy on that basis. <laughs> That's just because you said about blueberries. Purple probably looks good on that basis. Um, but exactly. uh, yeah, love it, love it. Um, uh, I um, I had some blueberries only the other day, so I'm feeling quite healthy now. You should. You should be feeling smart, not just healthy. <laughs> a typical day look like for you because you're you're in a um, a sort of real startup environment quite an yeah. interesting sort of scientific startup environment if you like um but you started it by communicating with people which sort of some some organizations do after they've set up don't they really but your 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 newsletter was sort of the the beginnings of it all from what that, you just that's said right. that's right we're sending week 42 uh, this week so we've been doing it for almost a year now um yeah. and yeah, I think it's really important to have some level of consistency. Like I'm deeply passionate about the area. I'm deeply affected by what happened to me on the basis of I'm, I'm deeply affected by how simply I turn that around. Um, I feel like we have a big conversation in society about mental health, which is so important at the moment. It's a growing conversation, but it's one that happens in, in silos, in private, where you're brave enough to talk about these things. And in reality, um, the thing that I'm interested in is, okay, Mental health is what happens when you're below your baseline and you have a problem, you need to talk to someone. Well, what does the prevention angle of that look like? To me, that's brain health, which is, you know, is that something to be celebrated, something that we can talk about, the steps we're taking to enable our brain's performance and health. And so 
for me, like writing the newsletter is just like one simple way that I can communicate in a fun and irreverent way the science with the links back to the original science. You know, there's lots of people that don't want just to hear my tone um, and do want to hear like the, the bit of science that's actually the source of the information. So I always link to that. But, you know, the reality to me is that the consistency of sharing that message um, is it well it basically serves two two angles one is obviously the community of people reading it but the second is for myself you know i'm actively in a process of learning every single week more and more because that that is the thing that i do so it's been hugely valuable on a personal level as well um you asked about my routine so my my daily routine is i i, I tend to go to the gym in the morning uh three times a week um three or four and then the main thing that I do, so that's about, that's at 7.45, I'm back by, by I do that until 8.30. Um, I then shower and go to work, and I walk to work every day. So I live in Camden and I work in Soho, so that's about a 40-minute walk. Um, and I walk to and from work every day if I can. And I think that's the number one lifestyle hack that I have for anyone. Um, it's probably better for me, for my brain and my body than any of the exercise I do in the gym. I truly believe that. Um, and I get to listen to Audible or podcasts, so it's where I download even more information. Um, it's just, like without a doubt, my favorite change I've made in my life over the last two years is just choosing to walk everywhere and take less public transport. Um, and it puts me in a good mood as well, which is also quite nice. Um, I then get into the office for 10. Um, so we start at 10, I will usually make a coffee at that point, and then in an ideal world, I'll have eight hours of pure productivity, um, but seeing as that's never happened, um, I will probably just do my very best to have bursts of one or two hours, if possible. Um, sadly, I don't, I mean, I, I, we work in Soho, food around here is absolutely incredible, but we just don't get out enough uh, to enjoy it quite as much as we'd like. Um, yeah. But in an ideal world, we'll go out for lunch and grab something. But you know, quite often, I, I went through a massive period of just cooking at home the whole time. But it just becomes increasingly difficult because we finish work at six or seven. Um, some nights we'll work in the office till eleven because that's just what it's like being in a startup. And some nights we'll have after work things or people we need to see or network with or whatever it might be or investors and. You know, that stuff happens at night. So um, that can be quite generally busy. And then on weekends, I tend to do as little as I possibly can. Yeah. And is that where you get the extra sleep as well? Well, sleep I'm okay with now. So I'm quite regimented with sleep. I mean, I don't go to sleep early because, I, well, A, my wife is a complete night owl, and B, I'm not inclined to go to bed too early anyway, otherwise I just sort of lie there. So I'll usually be in bed by midnight, um, ready to sleep. I'll do a meditation on, on the calm at, um, at some point between 11.30 and 12. And, yeah. then, um, and then I'll go to sleep and I'll, I'll tend to, I mean, you know, I've got cats, they sleep in my bed sometimes. Um, and so they can wake me up, but I've got pretty excellent earplugs now through learning. <laughs> Um, so I, um, I tend to try and sleep through till about seven or so. So I don't want to say I catch up on sleep during the weekends. What I do is um, I spend the time with my cats. 
I like I like to just be around them. I find it very soothing. It's like one giant meditation weekend. Um, yeah. I've gotten into looking after myself more, so I might get a massage. Um, I might do some stretching exercises, like a, you know, a small yoga type thing. But generally, you know, I try and make sure that I spend like time on Saturday looking after my body and my mind in some respect because I've become aware of how busy my lifestyle actually is during the week. Mm. And was that a conscious decision? Because a lot of startup uh, entrepreneurs just work seven days a week and really struggle to find that time. And, and you very clearly have carved out those weekends. I've carved out Saturday because Sunday um, I've got two other sort of jobs that I do. I have a podcast as well um, mm. called Secret Leaders. And that, that you know, generally takes some preparation work. And then... Yeah. Um, I run a community as well on the side and so all that work that I do in those it, it, it all happens on a Sunday and I'm quite regimented to only do them on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you manage your, your task list to make sure you get things done? Have you got a tool you use or a process? Um, yeah, I'm a huge fanboy of Notion. Oh, not heard of that one. It's incredible. Genuinely incredible. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> I've resisted the temptation to go and look at it because obviously I'm talking to you and that's what I need yeah, to do. Yeah, of course. So it's notion.so and it's basically what I use as my company wiki. Um, it, it, you could just do everything on it. It's really quite amazing. Um, so I use a mixture of that. Um, I mean, I've, I, I did use Trello, but now I'm just using this. Um, mm -hmm. I use G Suite, obviously. So talking about like Google Docs and 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 Excel, like you know Google uh, Sheets, but realistically, all of that can be done on Notion as well and integrated. Um, and then I guess like my calendar app is uh, very important to me because I just do have quite a busy calendar and I have to make sure that I'm making time to be productive as well. Mm -hmm. And how do you do all that and work with other people? Uh, you started on your own. You're obviously sort of entrepreneurial. You've worked before in bigger companies. You're now in a much smaller organization. Um, how 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 do you ensure that you're working well with other people and they're doing what they need to do and all that sort of stuff? This is a great question. Um, I think the answer to that, as I've learned, you know, I've had a team of almost 50 people before um, in my last company. So, you know, I've learned to ask questions and listen to the answers. That's the best way that I found to work with anyone is yeah. to empower them to come up with the answers by asking questions. Mm. So mm. I'm talking lots because I'm being interviewed, but actually the skill I found most valuable um, hosting a podcast myself, and I'm sure you find this too, is uh, learning the art of listening. Yeah. Yeah. And listening properly so that you are really listening well whilst also <laughs> thinking of the next question it's interesting I've I, I don't know if you listen back to your podcast but I didn't for a long time I only started probably six months ago and I'm really enjoying listening back because it's a completely mm. different experience when you're not under the pressure of you know listening and thinking of the next hopefully half intelligent <laughs> question to ask your guests um, you really get to appreciate you know what's being said I think as the listener a lot more than when you're actually an interviewer interestingly exactly <laughs> uh, so 
when you say about it's you know it's about listening and giving people you know that space to come to you with answers is that what you did when you had 50 people or is it something that you learned through sort of perhaps sometimes painful experiences well the way that I reflect on it to be honest is um in my last business I thought that I needed to be uh, an inspirational leader because yeah. I was doing something new and innovative and it was growing and we were winning awards and we were getting attention from all the right people and it just and I was basically you know finding the most amazing people to work on our business and taking them from massive organizations with loads of structure and convincing them to come work in our startup that was growing fast so you know, I sort of convinced myself that the way to do all of that was to be this sort of like really inspiring, um, yeah, guy. And mm -hmm. in reality, I think that that um, worked for a little bit and doesn't scale because you're always making stuff up as a leader. Um, people are very quick to sort of perceive how to behave with you when you are in control of, of how they should deem their perceptions ultimately. Um, in this circumstance, I set us up entirely um, to be that sort of inspiring leader. And what that, what happens is when the answers sort of run out and you're not quite sure what to do, it's very hard to be inspiring. So this time around, what I've learned as a preference is uh, to try my hand at being a servant leader. So someone who is more willing to hire people based on their skills, their insights, their knowledge, and learn to listen and I think, you know, the servant leader profile is more about how you can help facilitate people to do their thing really well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, I interviewed somebody called um, Mark McCurgo um, a few years ago who wrote a book about uh, host leadership, which is sort of, in his description, the sort of next stage on from the servant leadership, which is, he said, imagine you're in a, at a part you're hosting a party and you know you're you're sort of bobbing around keeping people happy introducing people you know stepping forwards and taking some responsibilities at times but also dropping back and letting people shine if you like and and even things like you know eating the same food and you know drinking the same drinks and so on so you're you're part of it but at mm. times you have to take control and at other times you're dropping back for other people to do so and I thought I really liked that that concept as as um, even more sort of granular in terms of the sorts of roles that you, you need to have as a leader. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. Um, so next question around um, the, 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 we talked about um, nutrition for your brain and obviously you talked about how that came about from your perspective and you mentioned that, you know, mental health is such a, um, a key topic at the moment and I think there's there's little talk about the power of nutrition around brain health in sort of uh mainstream uh I was gonna say mainstream circles that's probably a mixed metaphor mm -hmm. um, but in the mainstream you know if you if you talk to uh I don't know doctors and they're talking about their patients who have you know potential mental health issues then they're probably talking about uh, you know medication or I don't know, not working, so having less stress, and that's about as far as it goes. I, I'm, I'm sure the average uh, sort of GP probably doesn't talk so much about nutrition, and maybe I'm uh, dissing them <laughs> un, uh, un, unreasonably. But um, th there isn't always that connection. 
but it is no. there is a connection as you've said and it and it is in you know i think sort of entrepreneurial circles personal development circles there's a lot of talk about all of that stuff but not so much you know in the mainstream what what do you think we can do to encourage that well i think it's uh, it's an interesting thing just to separate the mind from the brain because a lot of people uh, consider everything that we talk about within within the confines of the brain um, as meaning the mind. You know, like everything that you can sort of influence comes down to, influence or change comes down to sort of mindset or, you know, how you perceive something. And actually, from my personal experience, and I think these things are super important because I have had those experiences too, but I think my major message that I like to share with people is that actually your brain is an organ. It's made of 60% fat. It needs the right nutrition and hydration like absolutely anything else does in your body. And you know, it's got 100 billion nerves and 100 trillion connections. It's a really complex machine that needs feeding. And you know, once you sort of explain that to someone on a sort of very simple high level, it clicks quite quickly, which I think is really, really powerful and is, is a great thing. It's not a complex message to get around. It's not like trying to explain why mindfulness is important to someone. You know, just mm -hmm. saying your brain is an organ, you need to feed it the right nutrients. That's just not a very complicated message to get around. It's just that no one really considers doing it. Mm -hmm. But then even if people do consider doing it, they probably in lots of cases don't know then how to do it. And I guess that's where your education piece comes in. Yeah, correct. correct. And, you know, that's, that's exactly why, you know, all of the old um, old newsletters and content are up on the website. And that's exactly why it's important to us um, to make sure people do get um, an opportunity to understand what ingredients are good, what they can get in their whole foods and why that's actually helpful for their brain and what it does. Mm, mm. So from your own point of view, in terms of your brain and development of, <laughs> see what I did there? Very good. <laughs> what, what do you, how do you learn and sort of move forward? You know, you're you're sending uh, useful content out every week. You you know, you must be doing a ton of reading. You must be doing a ton of research for that. How do you keep yourself, you know, abreast of what's what's happening for your business, but also just generally for you as a person? Um, it's a good question. I get most of my information, to be honest, from newsletters and podcasts myself. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, those are the media that I personally choose to optimize. That's where mm -hmm. I spend most of my time. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, like, I, I go a lot on sort of discovery and recommend uh, that, that I trust. And the reality is, like, you know, this is different, but like, you know, I'm writing a newsletter on brain health, so I have a responsibility every week to read science journals, which is not so much fun, but I time box it. <laughs> so it's okay, I get it out of the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, walking everywhere is the answer. And so anything that I can get in audio form is pretty much how I manage to keep up with so much information. I spend a lot of time outside walking between meetings all over London, only if it's really raining or it's particularly far will I not figure out how long it takes to walk and choose to walk. And on those journeys is really where I spend my time listening and learning and 
before you know I get through probably a book a week because of that and a few podcasts yeah yeah and as you say with the added benefit of of the exercise as well yeah exactly that's that's one of the traumas of working from home my commute isn't long enough <laughs> and then I have to force myself to leave the house which is why when I have chores to do I uh, I often spread them out through the week just so that it gives me an extra reason to to leave the house because walking in a loop doesn't doesn't appeal <laughs> no exactly <laughs> but uh, like like you with the London, I don't go to London very often, but I do try to walk as much as I can when I'm there. And the other thing for me is driving, which is not so good on the exercise, but is particularly good on the audio. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very good for commutes. Yes, yeah, yeah. So what about on those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? Um, I sort of reframe them. So when days when it goes horribly wrong, I used to beat myself up on that a lot. Um, now understanding what I do understand about the brain. I know that on those days there's going horribly wrong, probably not going to turn it around. And so I genuinely do do or I just leave work and just don't carry on trying to do it because I know that I'm just going to sit there and do everything really painfully, slowly and inefficiently anyway from experience mm. of a hundred times of that happening. So, you know, if I'm put into a really bad mood or something really negative happens and I'm actually able to, I just don't carry on working. I focus on doing something completely different that takes my mind off it. Mm -hmm. That's a good piece of advice, definitely. What about those days when you get to live more? So that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things you feel you should do or you have to do. What, what, does they, what do those days look like? For me, often they look like recharging. Um, so... Everyone I know thinks I'm a massive extrovert because uh, I do a lot of socializing um, and a lot of organizing events. And like for my podcast, we do about 11 events a year. Um, and, you know, I host them and there's 200 people there. And so it's a lot of like sort of stage bravado. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, there's nowhere I'd rather be than on the sofa with my cats hanging out and listening to them purr and doing nothing. I can literally stare at a wall for hours like that. So. Um, it's interesting because that's not really living more, but it certainly makes me extremely happy. And so on that basis, I think I'm actually a secret ambivert. Um, but, you know, I, I do things in extremes as well. I'm going to Burning Man next week, um, which is a big festival in the Nevada desert. Um, I'll be spending a week in the desert. Um, you bring in all your own stuff, I bring in my own tent, my own water, my own food, absolutely everything, and it's in Nevada. Um, yeah. And, you know, that is an extremely fun and rewarding experience, but it's a lot of hard work as well, but that's, you know, one extreme way of how to live more. Yeah. Burning Man in Nevada, it makes it sound like that's how you'll be feeling. Is it exactly. that hot? It's, it's hot. I've been before. It's never as hot as it is cold at night, though, when it gets really cold in the desert. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. Yeah. 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 Your comment about um being with the cats and uh, feeling like that isn't living more. You know, for me, living more is doing the things that you want to do. So if it is about just chilling out, as you say, staring at the wall, listening to the cats purr, then then that's living more, as far as I define it. Yeah. Um, I certainly mean you know having to be energetic or active or or any of those other things. And I think that's 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 sort of the point that you know we spend a lot of our time trying to do things that we think we ought to be doing or you know 
when I say should, you know, we, we might go and do active things. I don't know, go and go to a party because we feel we should do because that's, you know, what is sort of seen to be enjoying yourself or whatever else. But as you say, if actually what you prefer to do is not talk to anyone, sit in a quiet room, <laughs> then then that's, you know, the thing that you, that you you know, plan to do. And uh, says 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 me sitting in my caravan in the middle of a field. <laughs> well, this is the thing you realize you realize that it's just as much about recharging as anything else yes yeah exactly exactly so thank you dan it's been great interviewing you today um let people know how they can get in touch with you and find out more yeah my um my everything my instagram my linkedin and my twitter is all dan murray Serter. so i have a Serter on the end of my name which is s-e-r-t-e-r -E because that is my wife's surname so we combined yeah. Um, and um, it also makes it very helpful because by her marrying me made my social media presence much more synonymous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm that, sure that there are to get in touch with me. I'm, I'm pretty good at responding to stuff on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do my best. Excellent. Thank you. And your website is yourheights.com. Correct. So please do go check it out, guys. Lovely. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much, Joe. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership programme and apply, Visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.